With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Right, let's not mess about. Let's get stuck straight into it because I know that you've been waiting for our thoughts on Liam Smith, Liam Williams, because we're, of course, the aficionados when it comes to boxing here at the Fight Disciples. Not much. I've no doubt that there'd be many different opinions off the back of what me and Nick are about to say. Me and Nick might even have uh, different opinions, even though we were sat next to each other uh, when we were watching this particular fight on Saturday night. Of course, it ended controversially. We will get to the cuts. We will get to all that a little bit later on. I just want to talk about the fight in general because... One of the first things that I did Sunday, mate, was actually watch this back. Obviously, we had a big fight weekend, us, because yeah. we had UFC 210, and we went to the fight, obviously, on, on Saturday night in Manchester to watch this one in particular, and then Terry Flanagan. Yeah. But one of the first things I did and was And the pound-for-pound watch... pound prince was out as well. Of course, yeah. But one of the first... <laughs> we'll get to him later, right? Calm down. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, I wanted to re-watch this, mainly because sometimes when you're ringside, and this is going to sound like... Um, talking with a silver spoon in my mouth from a pr- privileged position. We are quite lucky. Me and you were sat second row. We were literally sat in Beefy's corner watching this fight. Yeah. Now, sometimes when you're ringside, you don't see all the action. The reasons for that are there's cameramen who are filming for the television in front of you. The referee sometimes is obstructing your view of the action, which might be happening on the other side of the ring. So you don't necessarily see everything. Sometimes there's there's people next to you trying to Instagram, Facebook Live and everything else and asking you to speak to, <laughs> speak to his mobile phone as yeah. well. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, sorry for annoying you with that. Anyway, halfway through the fight, after five rounds, I got you on Instagram, as you just mentioned there, with one of our Instagram stories. And I said, listen, this isn't going well. You agreed with me at the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do you think? And I personally thought that he was 5-0 down. I'm referring to Beefy now. He was 5-0 down to uh, Liam Williams at that particular point. If I'd have done it around later, I might even have said that he was 6-0 down with the way that I was feeling watching that in the actual arena. However, I want to correct myself because people will have seen that story and think that that is what I genuinely thought. I've gone back and watched the TV coverage of it now. Yeah. Of course, Liam Smith was down, but he wasn't down by six, in my opinion, at that point. He was down by four. I scored two of those early rounds even okay yeah now going forward from the sixth round i can't see liam williams winning another round and i'm sure there are people screaming at the radios now and and the way that they are consuming this show today and that i'm talking out my backside i can't make an argument for him to win another round i see beefy winning the next three so therefore when you hear that all three judges ringside had him um liam williams up by a round when the fight was obviously stopped I agree with him. I only saw a round between it because I had two of the earlier rounds level. What did you see? And I've no doubt you've gone back and had a look at it and maybe your opinions changed as well. Yeah, I watched it back and um, similar to yourself, I thought five and six were a lot closer second time around than I did the first time around. I thought Williams wins the first four rounds. Um, I think he started fantastic and uh, I thought Liam Williams was absolutely on the money. Um, I think 
for me, Liam Smith just looked out of sorts for the first four rounds, and uh, it was only really after he got cut, I think it was in the third, yeah. that um, that he seemed to get motivated for the fight. Um, I think after round six, going into round seven, I think that's when Beefy really started enjoying himself. Was it round seven when he got led back to the corner to see the doctor? Um, um, yeah. you, on the night as well, we noted it that he turned round to Liam Williams and he said, "You're going, you're going." Mm. And by that, he meant he could feel Liam Williams's pace and his his strength draining away from him. And from that point onwards, I think you know it was Liam Smith's fight. Really, I think he was landing the better punches from that point. But he was always chasing the fight. You know, I think categorically he was losing that fight before the fight was stopped. Liam Williams was ahead after the great start that he had, but. But this is and a 12-round fight, Liam, Liam Smith, it's a 12-round fight, man. I completely, and then Liam Smith, I know obviously the Smith brothers got a bit of stick afterwards for the way they spoke on the camera, and Liam Smith in particular was saying, he was gonna, I was going to knock him out in the next round, I was going to knock him out in the next round, and everyone was saying, ah, oh, you can't say that, you can't say that, you were losing on the scorecards. But the momentum shift had happened. Liam Williams was on the decline rapidly. Liam Smith was winning rounds and winning, winning rounds well. He's t- his tail was up. But, the, you know, in that ninth round, his tail was up. He was enthusiastic. He looked like Liam Smith at his best, mm. even though he was covered in blood, mm. even though he couldn't properly see out of one eye, even though he was trailing in the fight. He was back to his best. He was fired up. He was bouncing around. He was enjoying himself. Where Liam Williams, who clearly enjoyed himself for the six, first six rounds, suddenly looked like a fighter that was under an awful lot of pressure. Well, he looked like a fighter that had thrown the kitchen sink at someone that was still coming forward at him. That's what he looked yeah. like. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I, I don't think it would have taken a monumental effort for Liam Williams to turn it around for the last three rounds because the momentum shift had completely and utterly swung the other way. Now, I'm not saying he couldn't have done that, but I'm just saying something dramatic would have had to happen to move over. Now, the clash of heads, okay. The, the cut was bad. The cut, it had to be stopped. You know, whether whether the doctor should have got in the ring or not, whether she had any right to be there without being called by the referee or by Gary Lockett, it meant nothing because at the end of the fight, it was Gary Lockett that said, I stopped the fight. It was down to me. He couldn't have fought on with that cut. And I ain't arguing with Gary Lockett. He's got a ton of experience as a both a, as a fighter and now as, a, as an exciting young coach. Yeah. He knew his guy was in trouble with that cut yeah. and was in no fit state to continue. And if he does However, continue, if you just wait before you carry on before and if he does i agree with gary lockett doing that decision because if he does carry on liam williams and gets knocked out the remake the rematch will not happen well that's different that's different that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about gary lockett cut stopping the fight on the strength of the cut he said the cut's so bad he can't fight anymore and he, he may have been right the cut was bad if it is a torn anymore then you know how long does that take in out of his career how many how might long lose is his the recovery sight. period yeah, then he might even lose his sight that's the point i want to make okay however the point what you're making I also agree with and that's in terms of for me Liam Smith was starting to overpower Williams Williams looked in trouble at the end of that round for the first time it looked like the the shift had just completely changed I kind of agree that I think Liam Smith was coming forward so much I think we'd seen the best of Williams I think he was exhausted I think he kind of had enough and I think it was a shrewd decision the, for me the head clash the cut it worked at the right time for Gary Lockett to be able to pull his guy out and kind of go, you know what, we need to do this another day. That was a foul with the accidental head clash. So I'll take him out. The cut, that's a perfect excuse to pull him out. I think it, it, the cards that that lay on the table were too irresistible for Gary to go, do you know what, we'll come back and do this another day because we're in a position now to be able to pull him out, save face and go, you know what, we'll come back on another day. 
And that brings me back to the beginning, which is the next thing I want to talk about, and that's the referee's performance. Yeah, go for it, man, because you were screaming at Terry O'Connor all the way through the fight. You you don't like him anyway, but... Listen, I scream, is, every time a, I see Terry O'Connor, every time I see Terry O'Connor, I scream, not just at Terry O'Connor, at anybody in the vicinity, because Terry O'Connor... He's the worst referee in boxing. He's the worst referee in British boxing. I've been saying it for 10 years now. The guy is an absolute idiot. And anyone that works in the industry, all the media desk, we have the same conversation. Whenever he steps in the ring, oh no, anything could happen now. Literally anything could happen. Mm. The man is useless. It was his fault that that fight ended the way it did at the weekend. It was his fault that fight, that fight was almost spoiled by fouls. Williams was leading with his head early on. Williams was doing an awful lot of holding. Yep. He didn't sniff it out. There was a lot of forearms getting thrown about. He wasn't on top of that either. And don't forget, you know, Terry O'Connor is a big guy. You know, he's, he's huge. It's not like these are two big... It's not like this is AJ versus Klitschko and there's nothing really you can do when two big guys just want to get make it ugly. This is two guys that are like middleweights. You know, he's got the size to go... He should have grabbed them early on and gone, hey, stop leading with your head. Stop holding box you know let's let's make this a boxing match and then what happened was because it had gone that way that's when Liam Smith started leading with his head as well and I kind of don't blame him you know if you're in a, if you're in a boxing match and you see someone get hit with a low blow maybe a second low blow you can guarantee the guy who got it with the low blow will then throw his own low blow it's kind of the way it is it's a, yes we're breaking the rules but it's an unspoken thing between boxers you hit me once well the referee should warn you you hit me again you better believe you're going to get one back you mm. know it's kind of it's kind of like prison rules a little bit and that's what it felt like on Saturday you know Liam Williams was doing an awful lot of holding he was leading with his head that led to Liam Smith leading with his head that's what led to it getting ugly you know the referee's job is to protect the boxers and make sure it's a boxing match mm. nothing more and as usual because he's the worst referee in boxing the fight slipped down the wrong way it became a bit of a, a backyard brawl and that's why these guys both ended up cut to bits mm. um, it, it upset me reading social media afterwards with the word cheat being thrown around there, a lot of that was aimed at Beefy obviously they, they, they were insinuating people on social no. media that, that, just, he, that, that he cheated that he stuck his head in and he, that never, he never laid the head no, on he didn't. him he, he, he drove forward with his head which was you know, it was uh, it was it was bad stylistically, but it was nothing that Williams hadn't been doing as well. Both Absolutely. of them were leaving their heads in there. It's up to the referee to stuff that out. He should say, "Hey, hey, I've seen that. Stop it right now." But he didn't, so I don't blame Beefy for doing the same thing that Williams was doing. They, they ended up both as bad as each other with it. No, I, and that was my whole argument because from round one, Williams was leading with his head, leading with his shoulder, overuse of the forearm. There was a lot of holding, a lot of holding, obvious yeah. holding in my opinion. It was like, well, hang yeah. on a minute, that's not a clinch. That is you are trying to hug the guy to stop I, him from throwing bombs. I ain't, I ain't knocking Liam Williams no, for not doing at all. that either. Not because at first six rounds at range, Liam Williams is winning that fight. He's sharper, he's landing good combinations, and he was punching between Beefy's punches. He looked like the sharper fighter. So when it got up close, when they he did get in the clinch he was holding a lot he didn't want to fight in the clinch he wanted to fight long because that's where he was winning the fight it's up to the referee to step in and go that's it you're holding there's a warning mm. there's a second warning there's a third warning you do it again you point off but he doesn't do that because he's useless and that's when the he then the <laughs> leading with the head that came into it then as well listen I, for me everything that was wrong with this fight came from the referee everything I think we've got to see a rematch we've got to see a capable official in there with these two guys yeah. and hopefully we've got to see it for the full world title belt well I was going to say would you say that next because I have spoken to other people 
um, regarding this and some have the suggestion of maybe going their separate ways for maybe one or two fights and then bringing it back when there is a full world title on there we're still waiting for Canelo to clear off aren't we once Canelo yeah. clears off and that belt is vacant then it is there and thereabouts but I've no doubt the WBO are, um, Beefy will be highly thought of because he's a former champion as is Miguel Cotto, you know? So, mm-hmm. will Miguel Cotto sidestep Liam Williams and get a shot at the world title against Liam uh, Smith? And if that is the case, do then they come back and he gets the first defence at a later date? You're, I'm guessing, the way that you just worded that, are of the thought process, no, let's just do these two for the world title. Let's get them straight in on it. I would love to see these two get rewarded with a world title fight. Um, I think Canelo will give the belt up. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Cotto's clearly the biggest name other than Canelo so the WBO may well want to go that way of course they, they will that's it's one of, of these guys will. has just got to be in the mix obviously Liam won the fight Liam Smith has got to be the fighter that gets in the mix I just feel like Liam Williams now I just don't want him to get stuck treading water because the first half of the fight he was sensational yeah, on Saturday was. night mm. from a boxing perspective when it became a fight that's when it kind of went over to Liam Smith's world. But when it was a boxing match which is what this sport's all about Liam Williams was winning the boxing match for on points until until the stoppage came so I just want to see him rewarded because I thought he was outstanding on Saturday I thought hand on heart I thought Liam Smith would be a step too far for him but like he's proved throughout his entire career Liam Williams the tougher the test the better performance I thought he was excellent I thought the result was ultimately right in the end. As I say, I thought the stoppage was probably going to come, but I'd love to see these guys get rewarded with that full world title belt. Fingers crossed. I just want to clear something up regarding weight missing as well, because we had a lot of this over the weekend, whether it be in the UFC or even in your lover boys fight with Lomachenko and Sosa. Sosa missed weight, but ended up getting it off uh, yeah. that final two ounce uh, for their world title fight. I just want to talk about Beefy's uh, situation uh, at the weigh-in. He was uh, a pound and 15 ounce over, as we all know, and he got absolutely dog's abuse. And to be fair, we've been on this show and we've said on several occasions it's your responsibility you're the person yep. in charge of whatever goes into your body you should be able to hit weight that is part of your professional uh, responsibilities when you are making a fight you've signed the contract to 154 pounds make 154 pounds and i stand up with that even though i am team beefy and maybe slightly biased when i do talk about the smith brothers and anybody out of gallagher's gym i agree that beefy should have made weight however there is a slip up here at the at the end of the day because Beefy doesn't make weight and he is told, not just from the geezer on the stage that has announced that he's only got an hour to shift that weight, he's told by WBO officials, I've got this from the horse's mouth, so he's been told by WBO officials to that he has one hour to make weight. Now, obviously, at that situation, if you've got to shift nearly two pounds in an hour, that is going to take an awful lot out of your system, especially when this is one of the most important fights of your life. You're coming off a loss really against Canelo. Yes, you've had that little win that has put you back into the to the mix, but this fight, this Battle of Britain fight, was huge for BB. He had to win that fight, no question. So, therefore, why put himself at a detriment? Forget the belt. There'll be another time for you to fight for the belt. Do not break your neck to make weight. Put your health at risk and then put your life at risk in effect on Saturday evening so therefore off an hour he made the decision not to try and lose that weight two hours is totally different now 40 minutes after the weigh-in when he decided that he wasn't going to make that um, weight cut and he decided to relinquish his opportunity to win the WBO interim belt he was then told via Joe Gallagher that he actually had two hours to make that weight. They'd already made the decision. They'd already said, we're not going to do it. We're not going back to the weigh-in. They were then told, actually, WBO rules, as Jason Sozer experienced in the Lomachenko fight, WBO, WBO rules state that you've got two hours to make that weight, to re-weigh in if you are overweight at your first weigh-in. Now, 
that was put to beefy. Do you want to crack on? Do you want to get on the ropes? Do you want to do a bit of skipping? Do you want to get on the bike? Do you want to try and shift this uh, this two pounds? Which in two hours is realistic. Yeah, it's a lot it's of weight, lot but of weight, it's realistic though. he could still do it. Now, I don't know. Beefy had already started rehydrating. He'd already taken his drinks by that point. So they were let down by the system, by administration at that point, and that needs to be looked into as well. Who was in charge there? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, probably Terry O'Connor. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, the flip side of that, I've got to be honest, Liam Williams makes weight. He keeps his part of the of bargain. Course. Liam Smith missed weight, regardless of, of you know, the timings and everything else. Fundamentally, it's down to Liam Smith. It's down to Joe Gallagher. Really disappointing for those guys not to make, make weight like that. Of course, behind the scenes, sounds like there's been all kinds going on, which is, you know, embarrassing for the WBO. Um, but fundamentally, for me, Liam Williams made weight. Liam Smith didn't make weight, and uh, he paid the price for it. He ultimately paid the price because the belt's not sitting on his mantelpiece right now. So, but I, you know, I just want to say, completely out of character as well, because yeah. you know, Liam's not so he's not like his serial weight misser or anything like that. This was totally out of character for him, and. Uh, but it, 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 it's easy to say if he had the full two hours, he could have lost that weight because you don't know how tough that weight ultimately was. But in this situation, of course, for me, Liam Williams makes weight. He deserves all, you know, not the credit, but he, he's done his part of the job. So Liam Smith, really, he should have done his part of the job as well. Bit, bit of a mistake there. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now. This was kind of after the Lord's Mayor's show on Saturday night. We just had an absolute cracker with Liam Smith and Liam Williams. And then we have two fights, which we're all excited about in the in the build-up too, but they didn't necessarily live up to the expectation. In my opinion, maybe a lesson learned for the people that sort out the schedules. Put the ones that sell the most tickets on last. Maybe that's what we should be doing uh, when you put in uh, fights on. And no question that Beefit and Liam Williams sold the most tickets in the Manchester Arena at the weekend. However, there was a world title defence for Terry Flanagan to talk about. Nicola Adams obviously made a professional debut. And there's a couple of other guys that we are well connected to on this particular show that I just want to touch base with. First of all, let's go to Terry Flanagan, mate, because Terry Flanagan's on last, poor thing. He's got to follow uh, a sensational, controversial, if uh, what some people will say, fight between Smith and Williams. He goes on there, he's defending his belt against the top 10 lightweight in Petr Petrov. It's a bit boring, let's be honest. I think it's for the purist, this particular fight. It's a bit of a... Um, was it? I'm, I'm, I'm purist and it wasn't for me. Either. Yeah, but me and you decided to sack it off because we were getting bored after the excitement of, um, of, the, of the previous fight, you know? I think if you watch this at home, there were technical elements that were to be admired from Terry Flanagan, but the Please fight itself... Please don't tell me you went and watched it afterwards again. No, did I Did act? you watch it on Sunday? No, did I act? I was just going to say, I thought you went home and watched it on Sunday. I was going to go, oh, mate, God. Mate, I sat What's your the wife fir- done to mate, you? <laughs> I sat through it the first time. There was no way I was yeah, sitting exactly. through it the second time. I feel for Terry. It's done now. He's got a win. He's 33-0. and Let's stop messing about. Let's get in the mix. Let's get the big boys. And luckily for him, later that night, Mr Lomachenko called him out. So let's get the fight on. You want it. I want it. He wants it. Terry wants it. Let's do it right here on our shores. He's desperately in need of that fight. Desperately, if if Terry Flanagan doesn't fight one of the next three names in his next fight, then forget about it. Like literally, forget about it because you know what's we, the we point? There the what's the there point? Was, there was probably there was probably seven, eight thousand in there. Jordan Williams Smith at the weekend. You know, it was a decent atmosphere. It was like three quarters of the Manchester Arena. You know, it was really you could really feel it. You know, the the crowd really pumped for it. After that fight is finished, less than half were left, less than 4,000, easy. Uh, and then we had to wait and sit through Nicola Adams' four rounds. Which was by very scrappy, was, which was very then, scrappy. Probably less than 3,000 in there. Terry Flanagan walk, makes his ring walk. It was so late as well. It was, you know, it was gone 11 o'clock. 
and um I'll be honest, by the time he finished, we know there must have been less than 2,000 people in there. Nobody cared. Nobody cared that he was fighting a top 10 guy that nobody nobody except the, the, the real hardcore fans have ever even heard of. I think it was a bad matchup for that event in terms of bringing fans to Terry Flanagan. Uh, certainly for the new launch on BT Sport, I think when I watched a bit of it back at home, it looked great during the William Smith fight because it was great. Yeah. But when I watched the clip of the, the Flanagan fight on on BT afterwards, um, you could tell it, there was no one in there. The atmosphere absolutely died. Now for me, if he doesn't fight Anthony Crawler, Linares or Lomachenko as next fight, forget about it because. That's the only way he's going to take his name to the next level now. The only way is if he fights another big name in this lightweight division. And by that, I mean a Linares, a crawler at home, or maybe going over there and putting it on the line against someone like Mikey Garcia or Robert Easter in the unification fight. Yeah, but even but those, the last two, both. the last two, yes, we know, we love them, but... You mentioned three names there, and that's it. I think yeah, you are yeah. absolutely they're, right. They're, they're probably if, if the we're only dead two. honest, if we're dead honest, we're watching that fight the weekend, and we uh, we love Terry. We think he's brilliant technically in the ring, and he, he's a very good world champion. He needs that big fight. However, if you Anthony Crawler, right, for example, that's a, the biggest. That's the biggest seller. Well, Anthony Crawler, him versus Crawler at Manchester Arena sells more tickets than him against Linares, and probably him against Lomachenko. But, the, but that's not because of Terry Flanagan, because I no, have never seen... down to Anthony Collar. I have never been at an arena in a world title fight where people are leaving round six, round seven, at a world title fight. I've never yeah. seen that. People like, like a football crowd, oh, we need to get off and beat the, beat the traffic. There ain't any traffic, mate, because everybody's There's cleared no off. Yeah, exactly. So for Frank Warren to turn around and say that Anthony Crawler's not worth seven figures... He is, mate, because he will fill the arena on his own for He's you. He's got to be. Anthony Collar versus uh, Terry Flanagan would do a good 8, 10, 12,000. And it would be down to Crawler. Crawler would sell all those tickets because Crawler's such a big ticket seller in Manchester. Mm. I, I'm sorry, I know Terry Flanagan's the WBO world champion, but that's a 60-40 split to Crawler. Yeah, yeah. They, they are right to say Crawler deserves needs seven figures for that fight because he's the one that brings the draw. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Unfortunately for Terry Flanagan, you know, it's it's shocking to say that the longest reigning British world champion that we've got at the moment, the guy with the most, you know, the, the most wins on his record. Yeah. And you know, in, in some ways on paper he's the top of the top of the tree in terms of Britain's current flood of world champions. Yet no one knows who he is. And the worst thing is nobody cares. Mm. Nobody cares. As we saw at the weekend, man. As we saw at the yeah, weekend. Exactly. You know, and I love the fact that he's a purist at heart, and it's like he just likes to do his fighting in the ring. He's, he's you know, his his personality hasn't been able to translate outside the ring, so he just gets the job done inside. But the problem is, when you're getting the job done, albeit against top ten guys, yeah, top ten guys that the most fans have never even heard of. Nobody cares. Yeah, nobody's interested, and that's the problem we've got with Terry Fry. And, and this is a this is the real kicker. Linares would sell more tickets in Manchester than Terry Flanagan would. On his own. Yeah, he would. He would, of course he would, after his two fights with Crawler. Of yeah. course he would. So even Linares brings more bums on seats to the table than Terry Flanagan does. And it, it must be heartbreaking for, for Team Flanagan because he's not doing anything wrong. The guy's a world yeah, champion. He's, good. he's had a couple he's of very good. He's, you know, and, they, and he was accomplished at the weekend. You know, I thought he won. You know, he, unfortunately, we even we never paid that much attention to him. Mate, you were watching the UFC. It wasn't an exciting fight. Come on, let's admit like, it. You were, you we got our phones out. At one stage, out. at one stage, I had my phone up with the prelims on of the UFC prelims. Yeah, that's how exciting it was. So, 
I don't know. It's uh, it, it's critical next. His next opponent is absolutely critical. And if it was me, if I was steering uh, the good old ship Flanagan, I would 100% be going for Anthony Crawler because that would make him a big name. Yeah. If he gets Crawler and gets Crawler's fans there and does a number on Crawler, then he's he takes them fans with him. Then the fans go, oh, okay, yeah, we you know. So he's we, one of we, us. We, yeah. we followed Anthony. He's one of us. He's still you know he's still a Manchester lad like us. We followed Anthony. His career's perhaps he's just lost his world title. Now he's lost to another world title fight. His career's maybe on the wane slightly. So now let's go and follow this world champion as well. That's the only way he's going to do it or get Lunares back to Manchester again guys go oh this guy beat Crawler there's no way he's going to beat this you know and then he does a number on him good luck with that but I don't know it's it, it's a tough position I, I fell for him a little bit I've got to be honest with you but uh, it, it just didn't pan out I think I think when they made that card and done the deal with BT Sport and they had Teddy yeah Teddy's going to be the main event in their minds it played out very differently than the way it did on Saturday night because on Saturday night he may as well have been fighting in you know, uh, a local sports centre. Mm. Nicola Adams was obviously in action. We thought it were a bit scrappy. I said last week that I didn't think that she, she's going to make the transition to the professional game. From what I saw at the weekend, I wasn't really lit up. Obviously, it's her first one, maybe a bit of nerves. Hopefully, next time out when she's in front of her home fans, we get to see something a little bit different. I don't want to dwell too much on the Nicola Adams thing because I think we said everything that we wanted to say on her uh, last week. Daniel Dubois. Another Olympian that has uh, made that transition. What was his opponent all about? What a waste of time, mate. What an absolute waste of time for an elite amateur. Put him in with someone decent. Let's see him fight someone decent. 39 seconds. I said to you, didn't I? As soon as the kid come out that he was fighting against, this is not going more than 30 seconds. I was wrong by nine seconds. I apologise. It was um, it was awful, yeah. I just don't see the point. I honestly don't He's see the point. He's obviously too good for that guys. guy. Why are you doing that? Exactly. Put it's, someone it's, good in with him. He's getting far better experience sparring in the gym. I'm not saying put someone good in with him necessarily, but just put someone in that's on the register. Put someone in there that's had half a dozen fights and is going to go a couple of rounds. Um, with these young guys that have been on the on the GB podium squad and in the GB team that have been getting paid a wage to be amateur for the last four or five years that have been making a living out of boxing before they turn pro not like the guy in the opposite corner now, the guy in the opposite, opposite corner is obviously a doorman or a, you know a, a builder that just thought you know what I'll have a little go of boxing has got no real amateur pedigree he hasn't been doing it full time Marcus Kelly clearly hasn't been doing it full time but well looking at the shape of him he hasn't been doing it full time at all <laughs> Well, Dubois, he's, he's been on the podium squad. He's been getting paid to be an amateur. He's, he's basically a full-time boxer already. He doesn't need to start at this level. And I get the whole, oh, he needs to get a feel for it and the ring walk and the fans and all that stuff. Yeah, great. But put him in there with someone that's actually going to th- put something back in the opposite way. You don't have to put him in with someone that's going to knock him out. But put him in there with someone with a bit of experience that's going to give him a couple of rounds and show him something different. It was, um, and that wasn't the only one on this card. And, and I'm glad you skated over Nicola Adams because I don't want to talk about Nicola Adams. I don't care about Nicola Adams. She's a lovely girl. I love what she did for the Olympics. I wish she'd stayed amateur. I've got no interest in her career whatsoever. Paul Butler, though, we definitely have an interest in his. That was the first fight that me and you saw. We turned up, he's done his ring walk. We sat there, ringside. Come on, Paul, do a bit of a job on a kid that has, has put over some decent guys. When I say put over, he's put them down. Louis Conception, the geezer that uh, Cal Five uh, uh, fought for uh, his world title on the Anthony Joshua undercard. He put him on his backside, you know what I mean? A very solid world, world champion. Paul Butler, absolutely sensational, man, methodical. I thought he took maybe... 
two and a half minutes of the first round really to find his feet, find a little bit of range. You thought he finished the first round very, very well. But then after that, it was like punch perfect, brilliant punch selection. And yep. what a way to finish it. You you obviously adore a body shot, mate. You get a little bit yep. excited about them body shots. And Butler looked good. Sets up nicely, Jamie McDonald next up, surely. Yeah, exactly. It was perfect. And, uh, you know, I wish the opponent maybe had been a little bit taller. It would have been a bit more absolutely ideal but I just thought Paul Butler looked excellent I think he went through the gears really well he looks so smooth his mobility is back his, obviously his punching power is clearly back and I think that's what people don't appreciate with Paul Butler is the fact that you know he's such a small guy you know he, he's basically growing into a, a bantamweight he's not even a fully fledged bantamweight yet he looks like he's about 12 years of age <laughs> but unlike most flyweights and bantamweights on the planet this kid's got a real power in his punches yeah. as well. The kid can actually bang, as he proved again at the weekend. It and, helps uh, when you don't waste anything, though. I mean, he's not wasting 100%. anything, is he? He picks his shots so well. He's got such an incredible boxing brain on him. Um, you know, and obviously, he, he was on the show last week and he was waxing lyrical about Joe Gallagher. And Joe had actually told us as well that he made that comparison. Um, with Linares and he was saying Paul Butler is, is that good he, he should watch Linares because he can fight like him he's got he's, he's got all the tools to be that good and he looked that good at the weekend and um, you know, if, I'll be honest if I was uh, we obviously we chatted to Dave Caldwell he was there on Saturday night and he was there for one reason he wanted to see Paul Butler up close because he's obviously Jamie Mac Ian McDonald's coach and he wanted to see him up close and see what he's co coming up against and to be honest I think he went away on Saturday thinking we've got a real job on our hands here because Paul Butler on his day is uh, you know is truly one of the best bantamweights on the planet, and the the closer that fight comes now, the more I'm excited about it because I think shot selection wise, I think Paul Butler technically is better than McDonald, so it's going to be interesting. No, very interesting indeed. Now, if Liam Smith and Liam Williams was the fight of the night, I'm going to claim this performance of the night. God, has got to go to my prospect, mate. He's got to be my prospect. Your kid. Oh, he was brilliant. Jack Catterall, we're talking about shot selection, the way that he went about his business with Martin Gethin. Can can you really pick your own son yeah. for performance yeah. of the night? That seems a bit biased to me, I don't know. Don't care, it's my show, do what I want, right? <laughs> Jack Catterall was absolutely superb. Martin Gethin um, was his opponent. Martin Gethin, a tough cookie. He's been around the block a little bit. He's been in with some good guys. He's got some good wins. He's got some bad losses as well. Um, yeah. He surprised me, did Martin, because of his with the way that he went about the fight and the way that his tactics played out. But at the end of the day, you beat what's in front of you. Jack was absolutely brilliant. Feathering my cap for picking him as prospect of the year. Onwards yeah. and upwards, my boy, you were brilliant. Yeah, he was uh, he was outstanding, you know, and um, it's it's such an exciting division. That super lightweight division, obviously O'Hara Davis, obviously my prospect of the year, Robbie Davis, knocking about as well. Yeah, got three of the best young talents in the world in that weight class. Uh, and Josh, coming through. Josh Taylor, and Josh Taylor, of course. Yeah, of course. How can I forget Josh Taylor? Yeah, yeah. My goodness. Um, and of course, Ricky but, Burns yeah. is in action this weekend in that blooming category well, as well, isn't he? Them four are all biting away, waiting for the ch a chance at Ricky Burns. All four of them, I think, would take a Ricky Burns fight. Um, all four of them would happily step up to that level without a shadow of a doubt. I think Jack at the weekend, you know, on paper, we, we had him in the studio a few weeks ago and on paper we were saying this is the toughest test of your career, this is a real step up, Gethin's a tough guy, you know, don't don't be misled by the fact that he's, you know, had a couple of defeats recently, he's, um, you know, he's, he's a guy that's been at a very high level domestically. Um, but Cattle took no notice of us, he just absolutely <laughs> walked through the kid, he's didn't great, he? Wasn't he? Um, How noisy are his, are his team, by the way? He must have about well, 20 people in his team and they're all sat wheels, I couldn't hear a bloody yeah. thing. They had about they had about tw a twelve man corner team, <laughs> and when they got kicked out of the corner, they came and sat behind us, didn't they? And uh, they never sat down; they just screamed down our ears and uh, offering absolutely useless advice. I might add, but at least the, the two corner team were actually in the corner. But 
Listen, he doesn't I, need I don't, the advice. I don't think Jack he need doesn't it. need I, the he advice. Doesn't need he's it. brilliant. He doesn't need it. Technically, he's very intelligent. And, you know, my when you picked him as your prospect of the year at the start of the year, you know, obviously it's your pick. He's your son. You can do what you like. <laughs> my only criticism of Jack Cattrall is I didn't know. I don't think he's got the punch power to go to the next level. But, boy, did he prove me wrong on Saturday night. Um, I thought he nailed Gethin quite a few times. And I think Gethin felt the, really felt the pace of it. And the, the stoppage was inevitable mm. as uh, you know as soon as we got into the second round it just seemed inevitable because Gethin just couldn't counter with anything he was getting caught square on uh, Jack was hitting him straight down the pipe and he was hurting him and uh, that was what was most impressive for me showed a real killer instinct and I just want to see him again I just want to see him fight all the time no absolutely listen we've got Derry coming up in a minute because he blew us out at uh, the weekend he's going to be talking about JJ Metcalf just in case you're hanging on to uh, for us to talk about JJ Derry's going to be on in a minute to talk about that just quickly um, Natasha Jonas has announced today that she is uh, coming back to the sport. She's yep. turning pro, obviously the first female Olympian from these fine shores of Liverpool. Sensational young lady. You saw her in the arena at the weekend. You had a little bit of a chat with her. Her story is yep. absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And we wish her 100% all the best, especially after uh, her hiatus when she went away to become a mum two years later. She's exactly. now back in there and she's uh, teamed Amazing. up with Joe Gallagher. I know. I love Tash. She's absolutely brilliant. One of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And you know, it's funny whenever you whenever you see Tash, you kind of think, "There's no way you're a boxer. There's no way." You know, she could be a model. Yeah. She, she's got she's got everything you need. You know, to really make a difference. And uh, I was so excited when I heard she was turning pro. I'm so glad she announced it today in Liverpool, in her hometown. I hope the city get behind her. She's in a more exciting weight class. You know, just to, to just Katie to Taylor's come weight back class. To, get in there. Exactly. She's so, got unfinished business with Katie Taylor as well. I know earlier on the show, I said, I, you know, I, I've told people previously I've got no interest in Nicola Adams' career because she's a flyweight. I don't care. There's, I don't know anything. But Tasha's slightly different because there's a girl called Katie Taylor. There's some really good girls in America. That's an exciting weight division. And Tasha's a, I've got a full package for me as well. She can talk. She looks great. She fights hard. You know, everything about it. I'm excited to follow this career 100%. Nothing to do with her being scouts either, Nick, is it, mate, that you look after your own? Well, maybe. <laughs> This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Uh, now then, away from the world of boxing, well, kind of away from the world of boxing because this is connected to a boxer, um, something quite major happened in the wonderful city of Liverpool um, over the weekend. Now, myself and Nick were obviously in attendance at the boxing and we were expecting to see the lovely Derry Matthews there, a man that has obviously been on this show, presenting this show and doing his thing um, all, over the years. Um, but he didn't show up. He was there for JJ's fight, of course, but then he disappeared. Where did he disappear to, Nicholas? He was out on the last with Notorious. <laughs> to, be, to put it plain and simple. We were blown out, mate, is what it was. Derry didn't want to hang out with us or sit ringside and talk boxing when he's got a hot date with Notorious mixed martial artist... Conor McGregor, who was in Liverpool at the weekend, obviously strutting his thing, going to uh, entry race course for the Grand National. What and it looked like he got a little bit of private time with him as well, didn't he? Well, it did. I'm sure Derry will explain, get to get him on the phone, but it's because of the relationship he's got with the Conlans, isn't it? Derry obviously trains with Jamie Conlan and a lot of the Irish lads. They've all done a bit of a click now. And as we know, Conor McGregor walked Michael Conlan into the ring on St. Patrick's Day in New York. So there's obviously a relationship there between one camp and another. But it'll be interesting to find out, I wonder if Derry's going to do any sparring with Conor before the Mayweather fight. Or maybe to get involved in that hybrid the boxing uh, yeah, slash maybe we UFC see fight. fight someone. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he comes out of retirement to fight Demetrius Johnson or something. <laughs> well, let's give him a ring. Let's get him on the show. 
Listen, well, well, you, blowing us out Saturday night, didn't want to hang out with yours, you wanted to hang out with your new mate, didn't you? Sorry, mate, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was Sunday, that was Sunday. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, because he was in the nightclub, wasn't he, Saturday night at Mansion Nightclub, yeah. so what happened on Sunday? What, what, how come you're just hanging about with him? Just one of the lads who's pals with him, uh, from home from Ireland, gave us a ring and said, come down, someone wants to see you, so popped down and had a little chat with him. As you do. That's all right, isn't it, Nick? You know what I mean? Hanging out with the oh, notorious yeah. one. It's only the most, you know, it's only the most, you know, wanted sportsman on the planet right now. And uh, obviously, he. Re- I love the way Conor McGregor rung up and made contact, said to Derry, "Come down, I want to meet you. I want a photo. Come and meet me." Mate, you heard of the world famous Sunday Fun Day? That's what it was. He was thinking, "I fancy a piece of that." That's what it was, mate. That's what it was. <laughs> Listen, before you did clear off on Saturday night, you were obviously in JJ's corner. How do you think it went, mate? Uh, it was good. Uh, well, I thought I thought I'd be a good fighter on paper, uh, but on the night I think JJ just got in there and broke his arm. No one stopped yeah. that kid neither. Mm. No. Um, and, you know, he was in with a, with my eyes. He's been in with Eubank, and Billy. I think he's been with Billy Joel, BC, Selkirk. None of them stopped him. And for JJ to, he never just stopped him. He made him quit. Yeah. Kids weren't injured or not, and he just said. You're, you're, you're an all-round backer fighter on me and you punch very hard. And let's not forget, JJ's a light middle. Yeah. They're, they're super middles, big super yeah, middles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, was, it was outstanding. I was happy. I was, we were in there and I was back home at six o'clock having a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was a little bit gutted that he didn't get any uh, TV time because he was on early doors, wasn't he? You know what I mean? And it was a, it's an opportunity for him now with this new deal with P- BT. Um, to showcase his talent and obviously kick on to the next level. Hopefully, going forward, there's going to be a bit of TV time for him. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and not just that, the only good thing again is no one knows what he's got. No yeah. one knows what he's going to bring to the table. Surely now he's got to be knocking on the door for a business title. I checked box uh, Monday morning, I checked box, box with me and Joe McNally, um, who's, who's also obtained them with, with Georgie Vaughan. And we checked that and we seen he was number four in Britain. But the number three is Gary Coxon. He's moved actually moved down a weight um, to I think the light. Yeah. Uh, he's moved down to Welter. Yeah. So KJ stands at number three. Now with Williams and BC going to fight again, surely the British or the Commonwealth's got to become vacant. Yeah. And he can get his hands on them. That'd be good, wouldn't it? That's the next thing. I mean, when we had him in the studio, we were talking about belts, wasn't we? And obviously the British belt, the Lonsdale belt, that was the one. That was the one for this year. And then obviously kicking on in 2018 for uh, European Commonwealth and maybe even a world title effort. But that would be superb if you can get it sooner rather than later as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I think he will. Um, he's, he's, he's got the, in my eyes, he's got the most, probably the strongest management team in boxing. Um, and Frank Warren's a, a promoter. He's a world-class promoter, so... He's obviously got the, one of the best trainers as well, Dale. Don't, don't, don't sell yourself so, short, son. Come on. Yeah, I agree. You hang out with notorious yeah. mixed martial artist Conor McGregor, mate. You know what I mean? You're connected. <laughs> he, hangs out, he hangs out with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, it's just that, you know, he's in, a, he's in a good position. He's in the driving seat. And it helps that Beefy and Liam Williams are also with Frank Warren. So, you yeah. know, the light middleweight division's booming. He's in a great division and... I know JJ will get there and he'll stay there. I mean, he could have boxed a bunch of title five fights ago. Yeah. yeah. But what's worth getting there if you can't stay there? You've got to get there. And it's something you've got to defend it. And he keeps doing what he's doing in the gym. What Georgie Vaughan and myself and the lads are asking from him. I can't see him going, going wrong. I can see him you know, being a British champion for a long time.
You just mentioned uh, Beefy and Williams there. You weren't in there because you pied us off and went on for the Chinese, but I'm guessing yeah. that you watched it, mate. What did you make of it? Yeah, I don't watch I mean, I'm, listen, Beefy's a, a tremendous fighter and he's a proven world champion. But I just thought Williams was up maybe a few yeah. more rounds than, than expected. But again, Beefy's interview at the end where you know, he said that He'd have started the next round anyway. You know what? You couldn't doubt him because Williams was slacking. Yeah. And yeah. again, you know, it proved what a cha- good champion Beefy is. He come through a fight and won. Um, we a big cut, man. I mean, that that was pouring into his eye, wasn't it, from round three? Things, things weren't, weren't going to plan in the fight. Um, but again, the sign of a good champion is that you always win. And he won. Um, and I'm sure the fans are going to see it again and hopefully they do because... You know, it was a great fight. It was a, it was a brilliant fight, and I think Williams, you know, as a fighting man, you know, you you you're three rounds away. You're nine minutes. I think it was nine minutes away yeah. from becoming a world champion. Yeah, exactly. I I had gone mad at my trainers for pulling me out. Going yeah. really, really mad, and you know, it was a bad cut. And then when you see it on the telly, it looks like the doctor actually called the fight off. Yeah, it did yeah. That was it. That was interesting. And she, the, the interesting thing as well, she wasn't even called up. Gary Lockett never asked her to take a look. The referee never asked her. She took it upon herself to climb in there and and give yeah. her two pence, which is interesting because it was a bad one though. It was right on the lip. It was a bad cut. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a bad cut. But I, I don't know how, how, how much the rules are. The referee, if the referee would have come over to the corner and asked who, who stopped the fight, and he would have said the doctor. I don't know whether it goes to scorecards. I don't know the different yeah. rules for different governing bodies. Especially if it's a, you know, if it is ruled an accidental head clash, which it, which it was, which what we're being told, then it should have went to the scorecards. Well, he didn't, did he? O'Connor didn't rule it as an accidental head clash. He hasn't classed that the, 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 the no, head no. clash. I know that you've got your strong opinions on Sergio O'Connor, right? But he hasn't classed that the head clash had caused the cut because the cut was there at round seven. The head clash, of course, widened it. I'm not doubting that. But because of that, there's a technicality in it where therefore they don't go because of the head clash. They've gone off, off it being caused by a punch. I think it was Gary that stopped the fight, though, wasn't it? Yeah, Ultimately, yeah, yeah. that's what it came down to. Gary Lockett yeah. was said that he was the one that stopped the fight. So, Derry, how, you know, how, right. how would you do this next, right? Would you do an immediate rematch or would you say to Beefit, go and win the legit world title because Canelo's going to step up, go and fight Cotto or something like that, go and win the legit world title and then well, do it? Well, no, I'd let them both do it for the world title. Yeah, that's what I think. If that's the case, mm. um, and I just don't understand why it was in Manchester, it should have been in Wales or Liverpool. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think the next and one that, will be won. It the next one will be won in, in one of those cities. Well, hopefully Williams can fight Beefy for the full world title, yeah. and we get the British title fight for JJ. That's right. That'd be look at you. Think it. Look at him. He's thinking of himself again, isn't he? You know what I mean? It makes, it makes sense <laughs> if it's in Liverpool, it does. Right? Do you know Yeah, I mean? exactly. You got the likes of Gaza Dickens, Satchel, Farag. Derry, you know what will happen, right? They'll be asking you to put your gloves back on, mate, because you sell the most tickets. They'll be saying, "Come on, Dale, get yourself back in, son." Derry's saving himself. You're 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 you sparring with McGregor now. You've you set up a sparring deal to get him ready for Floyd or what? If the money's right. Did he mention it, by the way, before we let you go? Did did you mention the fight to him? You know, is he has he got a date in mind, Connor, or is he all about his baby at the moment? To be honest, Nick, I was like, I was a bit fast up, so. I didn't want to ask too many questions. We had a few good conversations about boxing. He's educated in sports. He knows a lot about boxing. He shot me a bit. Um, he knew who a lot of fighters were, like, even up and coming. So, wow. you know, it was, it was like, wow. 
So you are like, is that the Jamie Carragher football? Wow. The way he knows, he knows long. And I was like, who's he hell? Don't it's tell Carragher that. Carragher will be dining out on that, that you just compared him to uh, Conor McGregor, mate. That'll be mega. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, just before we clear off, um, yeah. obviously Elliot's fighting, isn't he? he our, our, our boy, our, our Elliot, is coming through your uh, your camp. Have you got him trained? Have you got him primed? I'm fighting him. I'm doing a win. Brilliant. <laughs> Going to do him in. I'm, I'm doing a good win. I'm doing a win. <laughs> <laughs> just, just tell us about the show, Dad. It's coming up, obviously, Easter weekend. Just give us a bit more yeah. information. Easter weekend, um, I've got 15... We had disability fighters, a fight of 15 Liverpool prospects for pros. Brilliant. Uh, in the Broadway function rooms, it's going to start from one till five, all money, raised, going to go towards disability boxing, taking it around the country. Uh, Fantastic. Uh, shows and... Uh, and do you need, the, do you need any refs? Do you need any refs or corner teams or anything? Or? No, to be honest, we've got... Um, got I'm offering me services here, then. I'm offering me services. No, if, I wouldn't mind just coming down. You could, you know... Maybe interview a few of the lads. It'd be good because yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to make the show as much as a professional show as yeah. I can for them. Give them that experience. Got, yeah, I've got the paramedics being carpeted for them. Don't, don't yeah. say that. Elliot's listening to the show, mate. He doesn't want to know about paramedics. <laughs> 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 They're going to be seen by the doctors. Everything's going to go the way a, a show should go. Yeah, yeah great. Ring walks, flashing lights, Brilliant. machines. And I want to give them to an experience, but they never, they must have been never doing again. Yeah, of but course. They can say to them, they can say to people, I don't care, I've done it. Yeah, 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 exactly. I've been there and done it, so, you know, I'm look, it's one I'm really looking forward to. When is it again, mate? When is it? What's the date? Um, Saturday, the 15th of April. Cool. And how do people get tickets to come down and enjoy it? No, you're best just paying on the door. We've done over 200 tickets already. Wow, super. Um, it's a £10 in for the adults, £5 for kids. That's with a buffy and all that. We've got, like, Oscar Dillers. Oya's gloves, um, Bellews, Andy Joshua signing memorabilia. Brilliant, um, brilliant. Tom Davis's boots he played against Man City in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave me them boots as they to raffle and that. He didn't give them you. You robbed them. You, you took them off him. Yeah. But you, you, you basically said, "I'm taking." Top man. Oh, it's, it's going to be a good and more money raised. It's going to be you no. Know, it's for a good thing. So I'm looking forward to it. Mate, all the best with it, mate. Sounds brilliant. Sounds really yeah, good. Yeah, good luck. I'll see you on yeah. Saturday. Cheers, mate. All the best, Dad. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Dad. Top man. Top man. There you go. Hanging out with Conor McGregor. That's why we got blown out, mate. Doesn't want to hang That's out with us anymore, this lad. Exactly. To be fair, we'd have blown Daddy out for Conor McGregor, let's be honest. Mm, to be fair, we would have done, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, now I'm putting that down to us. Obviously, Derry's had an illustrious career. He's, he's been brilliant. But me going to Tenerife and him doing this show, it's taking his profile well, to the that, next it, level. That's what I heard you say. Conor McGregor reached out and said, can I speak to the handsome fella from Fight Disciples? <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't me. So someone asked Derry, you missed out, pal. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to us tonight. Much appreciated. If you've missed any part of the show or you want to continue this journey throughout the course of the week, we've got another show for you tomorrow and another show for you on Thursday, of which are all available to download via our website, fightdisciples.com. Go there. It's always on iTunes as well. So if you want to do a random search on iTunes, you can go and check it out and you'll get three free programs on boxing and UFC from us every single week come and subscribe come and join the movement we're also available on social media at fight disciples on facebook twitter and instagram we'll catch you next week when we're going to be speaking to martin murray and rocky fielding ahead of their fights at the echo arena and of course if we're going to speak to them we have to speak to masha all on next week's show make sure you're here 
Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.